When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. If you can get your child to do one tiny itty bitty little part of taking a carrot out of the fridge, washing off the carrot, or adding a pinch of salt to a recipe, those are 30 second increments that add up and are so beneficial. So I really want people to know that every little bit counts, every little bit matters, and there's always something little that you can do together. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. If you'd like to support Didn't I Just Feed You, you can subscribe to our bonus episode feed on Apple Podcasts or join our super fan community by visiting didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. If financial support of the podcast isn't in the budget right now, which we totally get, you can show your support by sharing your favorite episodes with a friend or leaving a rating or review wherever you listen. Today, we are going to be talking to Heather Stoller, who many of you already know from her popular Instagram at heather.happykidskitchen, where she regularly shares easy recipes, attainable lunchbox ideas, and sane advice for getting kids in the kitchen. We're chatting with Heather about why she gets kids cooking in the kitchen, like why does she think that's important, and also what to do if maybe that doesn't sound like super fun to you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, before we talk to Heather, Stacey, can we do a little check-in because... It's been a while since we talked about cooking with kids on Didn't I Just Feed You. Our kids have grown since then. I know the advice I would have given five years ago Mm. when we started Didn't I Just Feed You is not the same advice I would give now. So like, what's the cooking status in your household between your boys right now? Gosh, I thought you were going to ask, what's the advice I give now? And that's really spicy. I'll end on that. Isaac doesn't cook. Like at all, not even like assembly of things like microwave nachos. No, like I really try to like in a pinch he will. But recently, you know, it's also been basketball season. So he's really like he leaves the house at eight and he comes home at eight. So and then he has to like eat dinner, shower, do homework and repeat. So the last time he was really home for a stretch, I guess might have been winter break. And in that time, Oliver was making lunch for them. I was like, I don't do lunches. I've got holiday meals. I've got dinners. Breakfast, like Mike and I will kind of tag team whoever's up. Breakfast is not a huge deal in my house. So for lunches, Oliver was cooking for the two of them. And actually, we got into like a little bit of a thing a couple of weeks ago Oliver asked Isaac to take care of something like, I think, help with his laundry or something. And I came upstairs and the laundry thing hadn't been done. I don't know, maybe moving Oliver's stuff from the washing machine to the dryer. And I was like, Oliver, what's up? I like asked you to do this several hours ago. And he burst into tears. And I was like, 
what's wrong? I'm not that mad. I don't know. Like, did I act super mad? I didn't mean to. I'm just like, it's frustrating. You're tying up the washing machine. And he pulled me aside and he was like, no, I asked Isaac to do that for me to help me out because I was doing homework and he just doesn't do it. And I do so much for him and I cook for him. And when I cook, I clean the dishes. Yeah. He was like really, really upset about it. So I think that Isaac hasn't, has been maxed out, but like the last time there was an opportunity to cook, Oliver was also around and he just defaults to Oliver doing it. Yeah. So he really hasn't cooked in a while, but I do talk in the show about a way that I've started to like, now that he's home more afternoons, kind of fire him up a little bit, even just to like make his ramen. Cause he has done that in the past. A couple of things that he will do when he's in the right space is scramble eggs, air fry some like burritos or freezer stuff and make ramen for himself. That's pretty good. Like that's his repertoire. Yeah. And Oliver, on the other hand, like way in it, you know, he's way in it, but he's definitely he's 13 and he's developed a taste like his brother for fast food and takeout and what's easy. So, you know, making a salad isn't as satisfying to him anymore. I reminded him that about a year ago he was in the kitchen at the time we had a babysitter. So I feel like it was a year, year, maybe a year and a half ago. Either way, I had some ingredients out because I was going to cook dinner. And then I went upstairs to take a call. So they were just looking for something to do because I was like no screen time and he didn't have homework. And he ended up making, he gets in these moods where he's like, I'm going to take miso and light brown sugar and carrots and vinegar You know, he'll just take a wild combination of ingredients and see what he can make. And he sauteed these carrots that were freaking delicious. And I reminded him, they were. And I reminded him, and he was like, oh, yeah, that was good. Another time he took escarole, I was making an escarole salad. And he was like, oh, what happens if you cook escarole? I was like, actually, it's really good, wilted. I put it in soups all the time. But he sauteed it with like a little bit of vinegar, is one of his favorite ingredients, and something else. He hasn't done that in a while because I think that what he craves now is McDonald's and pizza and wings. So he's kind of back to just the waffles, pancakes and baking. He recently made pumpkin bread over the weekend, so he'll still get in there. But I think that his cravings are a major driver for him. A lot like us. Yeah. And the thing of like wanting highly processed food that's like super normal for being a teen. It's lots of consistency. It's highly craveable. So that, that makes sense. Totally. Sweet Oliver. Who's in the kitchen these days? Oh my God. No one. I feel (laughs) (laughs) you, you, you alone. Sometimes I feel like a fraud because I'm like, I've written so many articles about like cooking with kids and I can't even get Ella to microwave popcorn. She is 11 and she's like, I don't like, I don't, I don't, really know how to do it. And I'm like, I know that you do, but I'm also not going to fight you on this one. And I did have the thought today while we were on a walk that this, the summer might be a good time to sort of push the self-sufficiency. Like, Hey, you are now going to be in charge of breakfast one day a week or dinner one day a week, because I need some, I want some help. I, I think that would help with some like of the routine 
burnout that I experienced. And I want her to be able to cook for herself. I feel yes. like she, her friends come over with the expectation that we I'll make anything. Like she'll even say that. She'll be like, if you want brownies, my mom will make them. And I'm like, oh, how much more is I know she is working you? <laughs> she is a Capricorn in full force. Yeah, um, I love it. But I think if she felt empowered to like make the brownies, even though it was from a box mix, or she knew how to like make some really basic things that she would feel like that's impressive to her friends. And that would be a good motivator to do her really too. Do you really think she would? Or do you think she just wouldn't care? I do. I Because the way she like articulates the thing, like she's like showing off that her mom can cook Got anything. It. And she makes these little, which I, I do feel proud of that. Like she'll make little side comments to her friends when they're like over for dinner. She's like, you don't, in our house, you don't have to eat all of that. Or like, you don't have to put anything on your plate. You don't like, it's not a big deal. So like, that's really good. Isaac has a little bit of that too. Although for him, it doesn't translate to him wanting to do the work. But yes. recently over the holidays, I said something like, oh my gosh, I'm so sad. One day you're going to have a partner and you're going to have to split the holidays and whatever. And he was like, no, like for sure the food at our house is going to be better. Like they're yes. going to always have to come to my house. And I was like, yes. oh, that's so nice. Okay. So yeah. I'll have to report back if the like feeding her friends thing, that pride. Yeah, I'm so curious. Will crack the nut of getting Ella back in the kitchen. Cause when she was little, she loved it. We cooked together all the time. I have so many videos of cooking with her and cooking with Emmett. And it was like so fun. And I really enjoyed it. And now it feels like a chore. Emmett is into it, like not as much as Oliver, but in the way where he'll like flutter into the kitchen and he'll see that like the mandolin's out and he's like very mm. interested in that tool. And can he put on the Kevlar glove and try it? Or, you know, the mixer's out and he wants to know about that. He likes tools. I got my new air fryer <laughs> and he was like, yes, like, what do we yeah. do this? Um, and he's always up for trying new foods, even if there's like a little bit of preparation. I mm -hmm. I bought some mushrooms this winter, like a lo locally grown medley. And he was like all about it. He's like, mushrooms are so good for you. He mm -hmm. He watches like a lot of research debates, YouTube. He likes yes. history, totally. anthropology, and he likes to learn about nutrition and plants and stuff. So he was like deep diving into that and was like very interested in helping to cook them. I think there's still like a little bit of like a knowledge gap, honestly, between their skills when they were like three to five in the kitchen and the things that they were able to help with. And now the things that I might expect them to do, like taking things in and out of the oven or like using hot pans a little bit more that like, I need to remember that they, they, they didn't just absorb that I need to walk them through. Totally. So it is a goal for our summer. It's like some cooking kitchen self-sufficiency. Well, Hey, let's get into our conversation with Heather. Heather Stoller is a mom, cooking instructor, and recipe developer dedicated to getting kids into the kitchen. After culinary school, she worked for many years at a recreational cooking school teaching kids camps and workshops for ages 3 to 16. She's published two cookbooks, Little Helper's Toddler Kitchen, and her latest, Kid Kitchen, Fun and Easy Recipes You Can Make All By Yourself, which has just been released this week. Heather lives outside of Boston with her two elementary school-aged boys and her husband. Welcome to the show, Heather. We recently spoke with Casey Davis of Struggle Care, and I know it's an episode yes, that I you... Love that episode. Yeah, I know you listened to it. I know you engaged <laughs> with that episode. And 
Casey really shifted how I think about my own work, writing recipes, you know, why I do what I do. You know, actually, one of the things that she said was when she comes up with tips and tricks that help her feel more calm in the kitchen and around feeding, she's thinking about herself and what she can change and control in herself, as opposed to thinking about what she wants her kids to be doing. So she's not trying to change her kids and the outcome. She's trying to change herself because that's what she can actually control. And that was a real light bulb moment for me, especially related to getting kids in the kitchen, because I think I've spent an entire (laughs) motherhood (laughs) really like trying to think that way, but maybe also trying to control my kids a little bit more than maybe I should or is healthy for their relationship with food. So I just want to take a step back and talk to you about why do you want kids to get in the kitchen? Why do you think it's important that kids cook? Like, why does this topic fire you up? That's awesome. I have had those light bulb moments throughout my motherhood journey, um, especially about making dinner, but that's another topic. But getting kids in the kitchen is something that completely fires me up for so many reasons. First off, it was so important to me as a child. It was just something that gave me a creative outlet. I felt such positive feedback from when I cooked and when I was involved in meals, when my parents had people over and I could say I made the salad dressing. That was my specialty as a uh, middle schooler. I made the salad dressing for the salad and everyone would compliment it and be so excited that I took part in the meal that they had together. So that was really my foundation for wanting to help other kids get into the kitchen because it was so impactful in my childhood. And then as a culinary professional, having gone to culinary school, so many people would come up to me and be like, I have no idea how to cook. I feel so distraught about it. I can't feed myself. And I was like, this this can be changed. Like if we start young, and it, I always say you're never too young or too old to start. But if you start small and you keep going, um, there's so many things you can learn. And it's just a never-ending learning, lifelong learning process that I want to help people start. And then what you were saying about managing our own expectations and feelings um, when we have our kids in the kitchen is just completely essential. I had to really step back and think about how I wanted to show up with my kids in the kitchen, what kind of um, mom I was going to be. And obviously that changes and grows and shifts throughout time when you're because you're really reflecting your own kids Um, behaviors and interests. Like Casey was saying, if you're not having fun, if you're not enjoying yourself and not completely all the time, because we can't ever do that. Especially just not realistic. (laughs) Especially when we're with kids and they're especially young kids, they're unpredictable and everyone has different moods and different expectations. But you know, you really have to put prioritize yourself, your own happiness. And some mothers and parents say to me like, I just don't have the space for it right now. And I totally understand that. And that's why one of my biggest messages is 30 seconds is enough. 
if you can get your child to do one tiny itty bitty little part of taking a carrot out of the fridge, washing off the carrot, or adding a pinch of salt to a recipe, those are the 30 second increments that add up and are so beneficial. So I really want people to know that every little bit counts, every little bit matters, and there's always a something little that you can do together. I love that so much because I think there's so much overwhelm in Mm -hmm. the space where we talk about feeding our families. I want to ask about the flip side of it. You know, Stacey and I talk about our upbringing and how we both had single moms. And I sort of tell this story slash make this joke that I really started cooking because I got tired of eating hamburger helper. Mm -hmm. And it really started with those little tiny tasks, like turning on the slow cooker when I got home or putting, taking something out of the fridge that my mom had prepped and putting it in the oven. So she was clearly doing more cooking than just hamburger helper. But we have single parents who are listeners too, who like, they really do need help from their kids in the kitchen. So like, what advice do you have for those parents and like, how can they talk to their kids about how valuable their help can be towards feeding their families? Yeah, that's an amazing question. It's actually funny. My mom makes a joke. Um, my mom hates to cook. My dad was the cook in the family, but he was working and busy a lot of the time. So she said she taught me how to make my own scrambled eggs so she wouldn't <laughs> yes. have to <laughs> That's a good enough, yes. that's a good reason <laughs> yes. to teach. So yeah. thank you, mom, for not liking to cook <laughs> so that I could help other people cook. So I think it's an amazing place to start. I would really encourage parents to empower their kids, get them involved in the planning if they can allow them to make the choices. Like even if it's just between two different meals, like would you rather help make that slow cooker chicken tonight? Or would you rather help make grilled cheeses? You know, like that kind of thing, really, even just giving kids two choices, um, really will help empower them and make it feel less like a chore. As much as we all do it, stay away from the nagging. (laughs) And I really encourage... I really encourage to turn the nagging into questions, um, especially when cooking with older kids. So instead of being like, "Ah, you forgot to wash your hands, being like, huh, what do we do before we start cooking? The very first thing I can't remember. And they're like, they think of it on their own, you know? So really empowering kids to think of the next step on their own. Just writing a little note of appreciation, like, this means so much to me that we can have this meal together and it wouldn't have happened without you. Um, Having that open communication. And I love the idea of like having a note board or a notepad where you can leave each other notes or just little doodles, like draw a flower and be like, I love that. I'll see you later. And here's a checklist and add a checklist of something for me to do when we get home, you know, so that it's kind of a two-way open communication. I love that everything you're saying is about making the kitchen a joyful place and that, you know, and even the down to the choices, that's about food joy too, that so many parents who feel overwhelmed because parents come to us just like they come to you and like, I don't really know how to cook and this is overwhelming. And right from the get-go, it's a slog for them. It's a chore. And so much of it is a mindset shift and, you know, everything from like, Mm -hmm. make a cup of tea or pour a glass of wine if you're someone who drinks, turn on some music, like, let's bring the nervous, let's calm the nervous system. (laughs) 
<laughs> like we just need to get some yes. food in. So doing that for our kids from very early on, like, yes, this is something we have to do. We have to nourish our bodies. Yes, we don't always feel like doing it. It can get really busy and really exhausting, but this is a joyful place and we are lucky and privileged to be able to feed ourselves. So let's kind of lean into those pieces of it and just like put one step in front of the other. Just keeps the kitchen a really joyful place where, you know, even when it's hard, you feel accomplished, you feel good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's always something, even though I don't want to cook dinner some nights, there's always something I can find that will bring the joy back into it, you know, and I, I try to focus on that as much as I can. I do feel like I didn't do as good a job with my first kid as I did with my second. And then I think that also is compounded by the fact that my first kid just isn't as into food as my second and isn't as into cooking. You know, who knows which came first, the chicken or the egg, but that's just how it's panned out. But now that my older one is 16 and we're getting to this place where we're talking about driver's ed and standardized tests and it's he's very slowly starting to process that in a couple of years, there's going to be a new phase of life for him that will very likely take him out of my house. And I've started turning that into cooking because I've joked on the show that Isaac is someone who, you know, if he has to make his lunch himself, he just will go hungry and like wait until I show up and do it for him. But now I've been like, what what are you going to want to cook when you're on your own? Like, even if it's just ramen, okay, you want me to show you how to make the ramen? Like, I'm starting just using what's in their life and where they are developmentally and what is getting them excited and what they're thinking about. And using that, especially for older kids, I think is really helpful also. Yeah, I have a very similar situation to you. I love listening to your podcast because I can kind of see my future in a few years because (laughs) my boys are 10 and 8. And my older one is very similar to your older one. We had a lot of struggles um, feeding him when he mm-hmm. was young. And I think that kind of compounded. And he always tells me, Ma, cooking's not my thing. But I have found ways you have to really work with your individual kids' personalities. I know that he is a very goal-oriented person, just like you were talking about um, in the future. What are you going to want to cook yourself? If I say something like, huh, I wonder if you can chop this all by yourself. That would be interesting Ah, to see. I'd be like, yeah, I can. I can do that. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And then, you know, my younger one is much more into cooking. He He loves a lot of things about cooking. But yeah, so it's really fun to kind of see the different personalities in the kitchen play out and how that's gonna show up in their future. I also have an older kid, my daughter, who is like not very interested in cooking. And I feel like during the pandemic and then our move, like in the last couple of years, we've really, she's really like slogged off of being involved in the kitchen in any capacity. She had like the kitchen counter stool when she was little. And I wrote so many stories about cooking with her and like recommending knives. But I feel like in a little bit of a tough spot right now with getting her motivated again. So I'm curious if you have any advice 
to get her back in the kitchen. And keeping in mind that she's a little like both of your oldest kids. Like, right. She's Could, would rather be doing something else. <laughs> yeah. She'd be, she'd happily get drive through or starve yes. than yeah. cook for herself at this point. And she can't drive. So <laughs> neither can mine. <laughs> Yes. So I totally understand where you're coming from. I've definitely kind of, when my kids were little, like you were saying, we had the the learning towers and they were always with me at dinner time. And as much as I was frustrated with that sometimes, like get off my leg, you know, like there were so many more opportunities for them to be involved. Now, I think, unfortunately, screens very much come into play where they get that break time after school while I'm making dinner and or they're playing with friends and they're just not around as much. So I have to find other opportunities. Um, they're kind of more few and far between, but they can come in longer periods of cooking, I think. For example, my older son, um, for holidays, I'll say you can make any dessert you want as long as you help make it. And he's very excited to be able to pick out a dessert. And then we have that like our time in the kitchen together where we can talk about the different techniques and kind of play to his goal-oriented personality where I really, he really likes doing the more dangerous in quotations, more challenging things like taking stuff in and out of the oven. We talk about the proper way to do that because those are things that make him really proud and excited about being in the kitchen. So kind of playing up to those personality traits, like I mentioned before, and, you know, putting a little plug in for my new book, they get really excited about opening a cookbook and picking something out to make when we have that time. Um, looking at the pictures really helps or even um, looking at past videos I've made like accidentally or like, you know, we don't obviously we don't want our kids on social media a ton, but I find it can be really helpful to jog those ideas and get excitement when they see a food trend or I even pull up my Instagram and they're like, oh, I forgot we made that two years ago. Can we make that again? You know, so just finding ways to um, ignite their excitement visually and giving them that independence of choice really helps them get excited, I think. Yes, I love the sharing what's trending thing. I mean, we have a whole ramen episode inspired by Stacey's oldest being like, have you seen this ramen? Yeah. We have to make it. And for my daughter's birthday, she we found some like fun crystal candies online. And she was like, I, we have to make these. Like, mm -hmm. I'm all in on this project. And Oliver actually started now he's 13. So this is a while ago. But remember Nerdy Nummies on oh, yes. YouTube? yes. But that was what got him excited about cooking is, yes. you know, YouTube videos of just like mm -hmm. cool stuff. She made like video game nerdy cakes. Yes. And he loved it. Twenty twenty four is the year we're focused on finally reducing dinnertime overwhelm at Didn't I Just Feed You? And that means making grocery shopping easier and more cost effective, especially when it comes to the foods we all tend to spend the most on, like meat. Enter Butcherbox, where you can count on incredible deals on premium cuts. At ButcherBox, you can choose a curated box or customize your order of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood to stock your fridge with all the proteins you need for the week, month, or even the year at prices that are hard to come by at the grocery store. 
That's all your protein shopped for in one shot at great prices delivered to your door with free shipping. Just one change, switching over to ButcherBox, and you guarantee yourself fewer trips to the grocery store and savings that are hard to find at the supermarket. Dinnertime overwhelm, be gone. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and use the code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As a resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Heather, you mentioned your book, Kid Kitchen, which is coming out this week. It'll be out March 14th. And your Instagram is, it's so fun and full of inspiration. But you have a tagline in your Instagram bio, which is like making the kitchen more fun. So I'm so curious, which is also one of our goals. We talk about it like as food joy. I'm so curious outside of cooking with your kids, like if it's just you, what makes cooking fun for you? And then when you do have your kids in the kitchen, how do you keep it fun and not lose your mind? Um, so mm. first thing I want to say is obviously giving ourselves the room to feel our feelings. And we're not going to be patient with ourselves or with our kids all the time. I always say like patience is a myth because it, there is no one way to be patient. You're going to be different levels of patient at all times. So, you know, you, uh, we all lose it once in a while or just are not in the good mood. So just, you know, be like, Hey, you know, next time I'll try this or just move on as quickly as you can without feeling like too bad about it. And then also I always explain to my kids like, Hey, mom, that mom shouldn't have said it like that. Can we, can we reverse? And we go, Ur! 
and like do a little reverse motion and then we replay it and we do it over again. And it's always something that my kids say to me too, is can we start that over? You know, so always having that opportunity to try again is I think something that's important, even not in the kitchen. But as far as fun, fun is like the word I probably use the most. <laughs> I love the word fun because I think it really is is what excites kids about food and trying new foods or cooking. Um, it has to be fun. Kids love games and just making anything a game or even letting I know I feel like parents are very with young kids um, hesitant about like mixing play in the kitchen or having any kind of toys. But when I was, when my kids were little, I'd give them a bunch of like carrot peels and let them play with like their little cars and drive in and out of the carrots. And it that was just making it like a fun, comfortable environment for them. And as far as like fun for myself, I just have to remind myself that I'm the one cooking I have to make something that I like. And I used to get so upset when my family didn't like what I made for dinner and I would be so grouchy. And my husband would be like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you so upset? And I'd be like, well, I tried so hard to make something that you guys would like. And he'd be like, you're cooking, make what you want. Like, who cares? And I would just be like, oh, you're right. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I feel like that looks different for everyone. Some people are planners and that's what makes them feel comfortable in the kitchen. I am mm-hmm. not a planner. I do not like rules. If you tell me what to make, I'll be like, heck no, I'm making what I want. Um, so I have <laughs> to do my own thing and I, I kind of make it uh, a chopped episode for myself every day. I always have like proteins, veggies, and I have like the most massive, un- embarrassingly full pantry that I'm very fortunate and lucky to have. But like the way I cook, I know mm-hmm. if I want to make a certain kind of pasta and I don't have it, I'll be annoyed. So I just like try to keep everything on hand. And that's what makes me happy. And I think everyone has to kind of find what brings them joy in the kitchen and lean into that as much as possible. Yeah. And I can hear some people being like, nothing brings me joy in the kitchen. It's not my thing. But I'm going to, you know, this is something I talk about in my first cookbook, and it's actually something that's very present for me right now in my personal life. I compare it to exercise for me because Mm. I hate exercise. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) And there are people who say about exercise the same things that I say about cooking Mm -hmm. because I happen to like cooking. I'm like, well, if you just do it enough, you'll like it. Or like when you feel more confident, it'll start to feel good. Or like if you're making what you like, and I'm like, listen, listen to me. No, I do not like exercise. Like I've done it for years pretty consistently. It never gets better. I never wake up and I'm like, yay, I have a workout today. I really need to get that energy out. No, like I hate it every single time I wake up and have to do it. And I don't want anyone taking that away from me. (laughs) Like I feel very strongly about it, but I keep doing it because I've decided that it's good for me. And I have over the years figured out the little things that give me 
pleasure and make me feel successful. I'm also pretty goal-oriented and I'm also highly competitive. So just getting in there, knowing that I'm never going to be someone who wakes up and is like, yay, it's workout day. It's gym day. Like I've had to throw that out. Like I believed that would happen for a long time and it never does. But knowing that I have been working on this one exercise for two weeks and it has been a slog, like it's got to kick in one of these days. And like having that push me to compete with myself. And then when it clicks, being like, oh my God, there it is. Like it's clicking. I feel stronger. I feel good. Like I get what that the last two weeks of work has been. So it's still a slog, but like just figuring out where the little bits joy or satisfaction is maybe a better word, like some good feeling. The good feeling doesn't have to be fun if cooking isn't fun for you, but it can be pride. It can be, you know, excitement that you've made progress or that something's clicking. Finding that for yourself, I think is so important because for the three of us, it is joy and it is fun, but it may not be for other people. So I don't want people to get hung up on those words if those aren't the words that fit them. It doesn't have to be fun every time. It's not fun. Even we love cooking and Mm -hmm. it's not fun for us every time to get dinner on the table in 10 minutes when everyone's hungry. You know, it's not fun. And that's okay, but, you know, finding some moments of joy, whatever that is, even if it's rewarding yourself at Mm -hmm. the end of the week by getting takeout, like, you know, you have to find what works for you. And um, if cooking isn't a joy for you, then um, you have to find ways to get through it and find the best way for you to make it work, you know. Get your kids yeah, to do exactly. it for you. <laughs> yes, there's that. But we're you're both hitting on this thing, and that this is true for our kids, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're not someone who has an interest in cooking, you don't find any part of being in the kitchen fun as a kid, and your parent is like, oh, yeah, like, it's going to be so fun having other adjectives to be like, yeah, this is going to be satisfying or you're going to have so much pride or this is going to be delicious at the end or you get to share this with your friends at the end and how I need you to help I need you to contribute there's a kind of satisfaction that comes from yes and you're that language of you're really helping you're helping take care of the family I think that's like a really great lens to look at cooking with kids and before we sign off Heather Your book has tons of practical tips, including equipment, and it defines some basic cooking terms so that you don't have to worry about doing that for your kids. But do you think special equipment is necessary for kids? I do not. I think you do not need to invest a ton of money in getting your kids in the kitchen. Um, When they're just starting out, having like a child safe knife is really helpful for them to practice with one of those nylon knives that you can pretty much get on Amazon or anywhere. That's really helpful when they're just starting out. But other than that, I think it's really great to have kids use the equipment that you already have. And yeah, you don't need to buy a lot of extra stuff. The one thing I do love having kids use is they've become really popular. I used to use them in my kids' classes when I taught cooking camps and stuff. Um, But we used to call them alligator choppers, but now they're just like the onion choppers where you put the food in and then put the lever down and the food comes out the bottom already chopped. And I love teaching kids knife skills, but also when you're chopping a full onion and 
it's just it's just a really fun tool to have. So that's like the one bonus tool that I love having kids use and makes um, being in the kitchen really fun together. It's such a great accessibility tool, too, because it's not very expensive. But can we just take a moment to say how wild it is that those are so popular now, like thanks to social media? I remember like in the 90s, my mom buying one probably from like a pampered chef party or something. And then now they're everywhere. All these like beautiful young people on TikTok are chopping their veggies. (laughs) They're using the alligator choppers. I'm wondering if you have like one, like your most prized tip for getting kids into the kitchen. Um, I think I mentioned it earlier was the thing that I mention and talk about the most is just that 30 seconds is enough not to put too much pressure on yourself or your child to cook an entire recipe that takes a lot of concentration and a lot of skills and to just go into it knowing that every little bit counts. Every little bit is them learning and benefiting from being in the kitchen. So that is always my biggest tip. Heather, thanks so much for joining us today. Congratulations on your second book. It's a big deal. Huge deal. And it's wonderful. I'm so excited for kids to get these recipes and get excited to cook. I want to go back to the fact that I said, what would my advice be now? Because I think both of our stories hit on this, that it is valuable to get your kids in the kitchen. But I think the truth is that you do these things and for some kids it hits and for other kids it just doesn't hit. But those are skills that you've built into them. And at some point they are going to have to (laughs) cook for themselves. And I'm getting to the point where, you know, like I did all this cooking with Isaac when he was little and then it went for nothing, you know, all these years. But now it's going to be like in two years, you're going to have to start feeding yourself like what is going to be in your repertoire. And it'll be probably much smaller than I expected, but he'll be able to draw on the fact that food was such a big piece of our life and that he's like soaked up whether he's realized it or not a lot of like cooking terminology and knowledge and the idea that, you know, food is joy and the kitchen is the hub of our house. I think all these things will kind of come together. It's like so much of parenting where you try these things. Some things resonate with one kid. Other things resonate with another kid. But all the while, you're just like planting all these different seeds and you don't really know what's going to bloom until much, much later. So at once, doing your best to try to plant some seeds and also like not stressing so much, like if those aren't the seeds that you have time to plant or they're the seeds that you took time to plant and they just didn't take. All of it is normal. I'm saying this as much for myself as for anyone else too, that we talk about seasons when it comes to like, oh, whether your kid's a picky eater or whether you're like slogging through dinner time. Like there's all, there's always inspiration and there's always these seasons where things are like hot and heavy or they're kind of cool. Yeah. And like you don't really see your kids in the kitchen. And like, that is normal for cooking with your kids and your kids interests in cooking too. And you shouldn't feel bad if it's been years since you've got them in the kitchen, because anytime is a really good time to start. I would also say that My advice that I would have given, like when my kids were really young of like, oh, teaching them the basics. Uh, I don't know that I would like 
stick with that anymore. I think if your kid has an, an interest in like a specific food, if it's sushi, if it's baking, it's okay to take them down that rabbit hole and teach them like only cook those things with them or let them cook those things. Because even if it's just chocolate chip cookies for their whole entire childhood, they're learning a lot of great skills that do translate to cooking the basics and doing other things too, and give them the confidence that they need to be like, okay, I figured out this cookie recipe. Now I can figure out scrambled eggs and ramen and nachos. Yes. Yes. Okay. We caught everybody up on where our kids are, but I want to hear from our listeners community. I want to know, like, are people getting their kids in the kitchen? I think also post pandemic, it's a really interesting shift because a lot of people are still working from home, making their lunches at home. I still think that cooking fatigue from the pandemic is real. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm very curious if people are pulling their kids into the kitchen. If so, what are you guys making? Why is it important to you? Tell us. We hope you've joined us at our community. If not, you can join for free at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. There you can also find all the details about becoming a supporting member if that's something that's interesting to you. And if you do, you can maybe get bonus recipes, meal plans, direct access to us. It's worth it if you ask us. You can also follow us on Instagram where we are at didn't I just feed you. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Stacy. And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review. 